You are listening to You Heard It Here Second, Episode 5, brought to you by nobody because we still don't have any sponsors. The podcast is produced every Monday night and airs every Tuesday morning. Show notes, fan polls, full episodes, and our iTunes link can be found on our website, DerekAndSteve.com. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and that is the voice of the great David Bowie passing away this week. Rest in peace. Passed away at 69 from liver cancer. Very sad story, but David Bowie, a legend in the music world, we figured we would start and end our podcast today with songs of his. Uh, Anyway, welcome to episode five of You Heard It Here Second with Derek and Steve. We have uh, a nice another episode for you guys today. A um, nice another episode. A nice another episode. Sure. A, I, I, I made a new word there. Another mm-hmm. is now two words. It's a another. Uh, so we've separated that out and we're ready to go here. So uh, as we always start with the opening kickoff, we have mm-hmm. something uh, not as stupid today, I think. It's actually a little bit more interesting, It's in my opinion. But still very strange. It's a little strange. stupid. It's strange. It's strange. strange. It's, I wouldn't call it stupid, mm-hmm. but it's strange. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is not in the news. And actually, Steve, I'll let you tell the story because you're the one who kind of thought of it. I didn't um, think of it, but I found it. Yeah, um, it's, and actually, it's not a new news story, but it's... It's not it's, brand spanking new, yeah. um, but it's something to ponder, and it made me question something. Um, so one of my coworkers, shout out, Erica Began, um, found out that the inventor of the Frisbee, um, when he died, wanted to be cremated and made into a Frisbee, um, which is kind of awesome, <laughs> which is... Well, I, at least I think it's awesome. Um, so I had the question to Derek, if you could invent anything, including past inventions, but you had to be cremated and made into that thing when you died, what would it be? Right. Um, and your answer, uh, you have it written down here, but I'll let you, do, I'll, I'll let <laughs> so, you go so ahead. So my answer is that I would be a fire pit. So that's kind of a weird answer. <laughs> Pretty um, lame. So the uh, here's here's the thing. I was you know you could be a sports thing, you could be a football, you could be something like that. But I was trying to think a little bit outside the box, and I figured that kind of like this guy, you know, he's thinking that you know his his family and his friends are going to be throwing frisbees around with his, with his memory and his with kind his of presence, body. his body, you know, <laughs> uh, being present with that item. And so I figured, you know, fire pits. People have a great time at, at bonfires, campfires in the summer. They're hanging out at it. And it's also got this super meta aspect to it it's because too meta because it's because it's ashes and it's a fire, but the fire pit itself doesn't burn. You no, know, the ashes aren't going to burn from the fire pit because the ashes are going to be molded into the fire pit with maybe inside of it. You know, they're not going to get burned again. You know, so to speak, um, because if a fire pit burned, it would be terrible at its job as a fire pit. It's true. It's, you yeah. Know, so, uh, so that's what I'm choosing. I'm choosing the fire pit, and, an- and everybody who you know kind of like this guy's family who are going to all remember him when they're throwing his frisbee around and like you know feel his presence there the fire pit is there and the, you know when you're sitting there having a fire it's a nostalgic reflective moment and that's where i'll be so I'll, a, I'll hang out there in that in that scene it's definitely an interesting answer choosing fire pit after what would you be made into if you were cremated i chose i would want to have invented the electric guitar oh sorry interjection the oh. the, the side note of this was you have you invented the item too so yeah. it's like you invented it it was your thing well now come and then on you went you to your grave with it you so. interrupted my thing I mean, yeah was... right after i said it <laughs> the electric guitar and everyone's going whoa it's a great one but instead you jumped in didn't even listen um electric guitar because it's first of all it's a really sweet and people will be shredding on you for years. They'll probably put you in like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, obviously. And not only will you be in there as like memorabilia and, and memorialized as the first person to invent the electric guitar, but you will also physically be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a guitar, which is just super <laughs> cool. Um, and all the like famous gu- like guitarists could come out and play you like once a year. Um, yeah, and just shred all across the world. That is very cool. Yeah, I, I cannot. I cannot argue against that. That's a yeah. very cool. Uh, or what thing if? To do as well. What if you burned my guitar in your fire pit? That, oh, that'd that be would weird. be weird. That would be weird. And then we got made into each other's items. Oh, okay. So you reburned everything, <laughs> yeah. and then and then redid it that, in your that, fire pit. That would be cool. So yeah, my fire pit. We burn. 
We yeah, we burn the guitar, but then how do you burn the fire pit in the fire pit? I don't know. You just have to light on we'll fire. Figure, we'll yeah, figure it light out. Light the fire pit on fire. We'll have or, someone yeah. else figure it out. That's not our problem. Yeah, we'll not, have, not, not, yeah. Pro- not our problem. One of you guys, Chris, you want to write that one in, and we'll uh, we'll we'll figure that one out later. So, um, so okay, that's so the weird strange that's, topic. That's the weird strange topic opening kickoff. Um, so now for the second weird thing we have. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's not weird. It, this is a special uh, message. From oh, this is not. It's actually kind of funny. This is great. This is great. I, like I, I was just giving uh, our expert a little bit of a little bit of crap there with the weird thing. So we have a special expert from a guest that you heard last week, uh, Rob Raimundo, the the college football expert of our show. He can't stay away. He can't stay away. And as you guys know, tonight as we're recording this is the national championship, mm-hmm. uh, the the college football playoff national championship between Clemson and Alabama. Steve and I are going to talk about this, obviously, in a few minutes in our sports section. And when you wake up in the morning and you listen to our podcast, this game's going to be over. But yep. Rob did want to give us a little bit of a, a speech, a, a, a soliloquy, if you will, with his prediction and also a summary of the Boston College season. Um, he did this in email form uh, before the games today, and we have dramatized it It sounds way better dramatized than when I first read it. I Certainly. will say that. It sounds, this sounds excellent, I think. So here we go. Uh, this is a special message from the beloved Rob Raimundo to all of our listeners and us at You Heard It Here Second. As the resident college football expert of the soon-to-be Emmy-winning podcast, You Heard It Here Second, I would like to take the time prior to the national championship game to reflect upon the season and offer my prediction of what will unfold this evening in the house that Kurt Warner built. It was a tough season for us, dating all the way back to the horrific Shea Field incident, which seemed to be the death knell for the tailgate. Instead, we made alcoholic lemonade out of lemons and turned Brighton into the hottest tailgate area on campus. However, as the seasons began to change and we were finally able to break out our fleece vests, we realized a sad truth. BC was terrible, but we never wavered in our support. Instead, we sat through multiple home shutouts and watched every single play of a game against Duke. Much like the early Americans who called Boston home, we were forced to watch our fledgling country be continually beaten down by a seemingly better armed, better prepared, and stronger opponent, the British. But just like America, BC football is just getting started, and 2015 is not the end of the story. Is there a George Washington in the locker room who can rally the troops to a successful campaign? Only time will tell. Maybe Scott Leffler will be the man who sneaks across a river to murder a bunch of Hessians on Christmas Day. Or maybe he will figure out a way for us to beat FSU on the road next season. Anyway, this comparison is growing tiresome, so I will leave you with these words from Benjamin Franklin. We must all hang together, or assuredly, we shall all hang separately. And now on to the main event, the duel in the desert, the game that we have been waiting for all season. And by all season, I mean 11 days because of this wacky new playoff system. Both teams took similar roads to get here, steamrolling every opponent on their way. Unless you count Ole Miss. Seriously, how did Alabama lose that game? There is talk of this Alabama defense being the greatest unit Nick Saban has ever coached, while others whisper that this is the year that the Tigers finally put Clemsoning to death. Death Valley, that is. Who will prevail? Good versus evil. Cool versus lame. Fun versus boring. People who root for Alabama are the same people who think that touching the line while doing conditioning is important. They think fundamentals are more entertaining than sheer talent. They suck. People who think this way scare me. At the end of the day, I'm sticking to my guns. Alabama can't stop a spread offense, but more importantly, the Clemson defense is way better than everybody thinks. They managed to somewhat contain Henry, while Jake Coker and company can't get it done against a very athletic secondary. Deshaun Watson is the difference maker in this one. Clemson 42, Alabama 35. Go Tigers. Tonight, we all wear orange. Bring your own guts. All right, a special message from Rob Raimundo. Very well put. Spectacular. (laughs) So uh, for those of you who got caught up in the theatrics of that, 
it's a forty-two thirty-five prediction for Rob <laughs> yep. uh, for Clemson, which you also heard on the on the show last week. Yes, and we'll um, probably hear next week if he's right and or wrong. <laughs> and you will hear for for a long time if he's right. Yeah, uh, for sure. So, uh, so there you go. Rob uh, quite eloquently sums up the Boston College season and tonight's uh, big national championship game, which will, like I said, be over when you're listening uh, here in the morning. It so. was. It's definitely hard to make something so bad sound so good, and you both did an excellent job. Thank you very much. Except so, you, except Rob. for me. Rob, Rob did a great job. Um, Rob actually just borrowed borrowed my voice. I didn't actually do it. So okay, um, okay. So uh, that brings us to Clemson, Alabama. So let's quickly talk about this one. So okay, uh, we're watching it here. Uh, it's you know it's it's going to be a good game. It appears as we're looking at it here in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, going into the game though, you know we talked about this a little bit before. I think we're both looking for Clemson to win the game. I think we want Clemson to win. And as far as the way that the national media has handled this, I know we, we talked a little bit last week about how yeah. it was almost like it is I mean, at two and Clemson the, has beaten everyone in their way. They're the clear favorite because ESPN see to be this dominant force. Um, and so it's it's almost like David versus Goliath, even though Clemson is, is ranked above Alabama. It's just people have this idea in their head that the SEC is so good uh, Clemson has played no one, even though they've beaten every single person they've they've mm-hmm. been in front of. Um, and right now, I mean, I this is kind of a moot point because you're going to know the end of the game when you're listening to right, this. But right. the defenses look like they're going to make the biggest impact. I mean, they're kind of making some stops here and there, but I think Clemson's defense overall is better. So I, I mean, I agree it's going to be a close game, but I think mm-hmm. Clemson pulls it out. I don't think it's going to be 42-35. I don't it's, think it's be that high scoring, but. It'll be close. Yeah, you never know. I mean, I mean, it, it really depends how quickly the game picks up pace-wise. Um, you know, they've, they've scored a few touchdowns here early, and I guess, like I said, it's not really worth talking about now because we'll we'll know by the end of the game. But, um, but yeah, I think I think it's uh, you know people look at Alabama and, and it's like they just give Alabama this excuse of they have one loss, but it was to an SEC team in Ole Miss. Yeah, and it's a very unfair stance. I think. I, I think sure. Yes, I'm not going to sit here much better than the ACC, but it's not anywhere near the point that the national nationally have have had their perceptions molded into this. I've heard people that that I know fall. They're not a person who actually watches so much college football that they're just convinced the SEC is great. It's yeah. because that's what they're hearing from us. And not to get into an entire other topic, but I mean, ESPN has a very large, a pretty big, uh, pretty big thing there. So. Either way, I mean the the national media obviously they it's not like a complete you know SEC burn everybody to the ground type of thing. But I agree, there's a champion could come in here and just really stomp yeah. on an SEC champion. Not that I think they're going to stomp on them in this game, but to get power conferences yeah. out there and and they shouldn't always assume that the SEC is the only one that that matters. And be whenever oh, your yeah. team loses, yeah. you still root for the teams in your conference, and it's like your team never lost. They kind of force force our hand now because the SEC all they do is talk about the SEC. Want. But if they win this one, Florida State's won pretty recently. I think the ACC might be making a name for it, uh, pushing forward a bit in terms of public opinion. So um, I'm all for the ACC right now. I hate to say that it's because it's SEC versus ACC, but yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, one more college football topic before we move on to the NFL. I would like to talk about something that we talked about earlier in the week. Uh, for those of you who may not have seen, so the, the New Year's Eve, the college football, um, the college football playoff on New Year's Eve, drew terrible ratings yeah, 40 percent uh, lower than, than last year on new year's day correct mm-hmm. um and so and now espn apparently owes a lot of their biggest advertisers a lot of free advertising space yep. uh, because of the big disparity in what they uh anticipated ratings to be and kind of what they had you know led advertisers to believe ratings would look like compared to what they actually were and i, I for and me i love seeing this happen because i hated the the I, I guess I have no. I don't have a huge problem with the New Year's Eve game, but the fact that both playoff games are on New Year's Eve, and yeah. one of them started at four o'clock, meaning one o'clock on the West Coast, like we talked about, I hated that, and I'm I'm, I'm glad that that showed up. And and it's not ESPN's fault solely; they didn't schedule those games. But you know, I don't like ESPN, so um, so so yeah, I think that's uh, it was it was interesting to see that. I'm I'm on board with you thinking that it's a good thing that this happened. I mean, I also don't think the New Year's Eve games are good. Most people are still working. Um, I, I'm an FSU fan, and they played in, what was it, the Cotton Bowl or the Peach Bowl? Uh, Whatever. They played in a pretty high bowl, and yeah. it was at noon on New Year's Eve, and you're at work. You can't really watch it. Yeah. So um, you're right. It's not ESPN's fault, and we all know college football is kind of a mess. It's it's run pretty poorly, um, and they came out and said they don't care. 
They're going to run eight of the next ten uh, right. champion playoff games are going to be played on New Year's Eve, and they don't care what the ratings are. It's right. not their problem, and, and which is yeah. And, and there's there's other there's other factors in there that they're just not willing to budge on. You know, you know the Rose Bowl being on New Year's Day, which is and lame. With the Rose Parade. And the Rose Bowl is is part of the rotation with those bowls that that are part of the college football playoff. So that's just the way it is. You know, when the Rose Bowl is not a part of that playoff, it's it's still going to be on New Year's Day. So it's taking the spot of a game that could be a playoff game. So that type of thing is is one of those things where they're, you know, taking that holier than thou approach really, which is I, I guess you could say that college football and the NFL both kind of do and can do it (laughs) where it doesn't really matter to them they know that everybody's going to be watching their games on the whole even if those games didn't get huge ratings they're probably making up for it with this game and and, you know other games along the way so i just thought it was interesting the uh the the rating situation and how you know the new year's eve affected that because i think we kind of both didn't really like the new year's eve game yeah uh when they were scheduled for this year so uh, something to something to note and uh, to keep an eye on for future playoff years, I think. Yeah, and it, unfortunately, it probably won't be changing. Right. Um, right unless yeah. I mean, it'll, I think two, draw. two or three years of this, where I'm assuming the ratings can only either stay stagnant or get worse, um, unless people I mean, start getting off on New Year's. Yeah, Eve or, I can't imagine how the ratings can get that much better. Those yeah. were good games. Those yep. those were really good semifinal games. I mean, uh, Michigan State, Alabama. I mean. We we talked a little bit how the, how about how they were the same type of teams matched against each other, but they were still very high profile teams. Yeah. I mean the games from all different were, conferences. I mean, so like yeah, I, mean, one, I guess uh, the games themselves weren't that yeah. great. Right? Alabama, no, no, the matchups though. Going yeah, into the matchups it, yeah. were supposed and, to be great. Yeah, I, I yeah. guess we'd need a closer look at the ratings on whether people dropped out. You know, when Alabama went up big on Michigan State, yeah. that type of thing. But if the ratings were like that from the start, you know, and people just weren't tuning in because of work and stuff, then. I don't think that's a case of the games were bad. That's why the ratings were bad. I think it was a lot to do with scheduling as well. I mean, I think anything's flexible. As soon as they get yeah. two or three years of, of bad ratings, mm-hmm. they're going to readjust. Especially because the New Year's Day, even though that was the first playoff ever, so that was you're expecting that that's going to be massive ratings. But I've talked about it before. The New Year's Day setup, I think, was great for watching because yeah, everyone has when, the day when, off. <laughs> when people are out publicly in, in a social environment, ratings are always worse. That's a it's a known thing. Saturday night ratings are always bad, for example, because mm-hmm. people are out at bars, and so so many more people are watching the same TV. And the rating system doesn't do an excellent job of accounting for that. Um, so when you're at home watching it, Super Bowl Sunday, everybody is at home watching. And mo- I, don't, I don't know. I think anybody who goes to a bar to watch the Super Bowl, you know, they're always watching it in, at parties, at houses, and things like that. So, um, you know, that, that's what leads to the best ratings. And I think New Year's Day was a great setup for that. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens, and we'll see who wins this game. Uh, we'll know, obviously, when the podcast comes out tomorrow. So uh, moving on, NFL playoffs. So uh, big wild card weekend, a lot of exciting games to get to, and we'll spend most of our sports section talking about that, I think. So, uh, so Steve, what do you think? The, the, I guess the biggest game and the most exciting game that everybody probably is talking about is the Steelers-Bengals game. So you can start with that, or you can take a different game, and, and, and we'll go through them. I'm going to start. I do have a strong opinion on the Vikings, um, okay. but I will start with the Bengals-Steelers just because it was so unbelievable. Yeah. That, the first half of that game was garbage. Yeah. It was so boring. Boring, terrible. Um, and luckily, we stayed in and watched it. It ended up being one of the better football games I've probably ever watched. Yeah. Um, I, I can't even remember. that. Landry Jones comes in. Um, Throws a pick right away. You yeah. think it's done. Yeah. Vontae's perfect. Almost has the best <laughs> way of losing a football game of all time. So he gets the pick and starts celebrating, running back to his own end zone. They're only up by one point. Right. And if he didn't get touched, which he barely he, did, he did barely touched. did, but if he didn't get touched, he runs out of the end zone. They get two points, basically win the game. <laughs> yeah, it and, would have been... Then, and since you'd have to punt it back to him on the safety... The stadium that, that would have burned been, to the ground. Yeah. And, and And, you know, watching that, it's like... You know the Steelers are trying to mount this comeback. Big Ben gets hurt. Landry Jones comes in as you said. There's quote a unquote pick. hurt. Yeah. Quote, well, quote. Is this the second time this season yeah. where he's like sat it's, out because he's it's, just hurt enough not to play? You know, it's that's it's brought up a question about how dramatic he might be. In fact, I was listening to I was listening to the WEI this morning and they had Tim Hasselbeck on, who they have on every Monday, mm-hmm. and uh, and they were asking him about you know his thoughts on whether he was worried about the Steelers being able to go into Denver now and win being banged up and he said you know i'm i'm definitely concerned about antonio brown's status he's like but i'm not concerned at all about big ben's big ben's status like big ben's a real tough quarterback a real tough player but let's face it there's a dramatic side there i mean why why did why was he not in the game on that previous drive and then after a pick is thrown and potentially you should have lost the game i mean the game should have been over the Bengals, the bengals shouldn't have fumbled the ball back to pittsburgh on the first play but they did but they did and then suddenly big ben is healthy enough again to play so so yeah, there's there's something to be said there for sure about why 
with your season on the line on that previous drive, you couldn't go out there, but then you were able to go out there literally a minute later. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, certainly I think there's some dramatics that go into that. Yeah. And it just all fed to the fire of how great this game was. Yeah. Like, oh, big Ben after getting hurt comes back in the game, <laughs> runs down the field. They're kind of getting stopped. They're, they're getting and, third and, down conversions and, and yeah. kind of some lucky breaks, but then the, uh, the big hit on Antonio Brown, yeah. obviously a cheap shot. Yeah. Um, goes through his hands, takes about two steps. Avante's perfect. Drills him Lowers in the head. his shoulder into him. Pure, like only gets his head, knocks Antonio Brown out, and then starts complaining and, and jumping around yeah. and defending the play to his coach. And yeah. uh, perfect was suspended three game three games to start next season today. Yeah. Um, so as he should be. It was. I mean, I don't. I'm not a big fan of the makes like every single hit needs to be flagged. Everything's targeting, but that definitely was. Yeah. A hit, a targeted hit to the head that could very seriously injure someone. Oh yeah, certainly. Um, and we still haven't heard anything about Antonio Brown. Yeah. Have you? Uh, th- later uh, the night at, of the game, uh, I did read some reports that said he was likely going to be okay for the next game. He did have a concussion though. Yeah. They, they said he de- he had a concussion, but um, I got a they concussion. They were confident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just from watching it. Yeah. Uh, they were confident he'd be able to come back though. But yeah, I, I think that that was just so Bengals. I think. Um, and, and, you know, it brings, you know, we're not going to spend a ton of time on this. We could talk a long time about the Bengals. I could talk yeah. about this team for a while because I'm actually pretty fascinated by it. With with the whole Marvin Lewis situation, he's now 0-7 in playoff games. Seven straight one and duns that he's made the playoffs and That's lost crazy. his first game. And, and you know, I've just been hearing a lot of talk, and, and, it, and there's a lot of stuff that intrigues me about it because when you really start to think about it, you look at some of these NFL coaches like Bill Belichick, for example, and there's not many of them, but they have a lot of control over their roster. In mm-hmm. Belichick's case, he has total control over his roster. And some cor- some coaches have a good amount of control, some have no control. Um, if Marvin Lewis is a coach that has no control over his roster, then in what world can you actually think that that, that game is why he should get fired? You know, if, if, he, if, if, he doesn't, if he's not the one who can pick that, I'm putting Vontae's perfect on my team as, yeah. the, as the best linebacker, and Pac-Man Jones is our best cornerback. Yeah, he just does it, what it's he tough. can with it's what he tough. has. It's tough, yeah, and and also rolling in the fact that his starting quarterback was hurt, and, yeah. and AJ McCarron had to play that game, who played pretty you know, well, who who didn't play bad, and and so it, 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 for me, it's like I, I can't sit here and rationalize keeping a coach who just cannot win a playoff game, but at the same time. If he's not being allowed to make any roster decisions, whose fault is all this really? Because look at the team that the Bengals have built. Yeah. It's these guys that are just I mean, I don't want to say all of them. They obviously have some very talented good players that are good good guys, but particularly on the defensive side of the ball, they've got these guys, you know, they I think there's they have another cornerback or two who have some character problems too. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, you have a ton of talent, but it's just a it's a time bomb waiting to blow up on you and it's exactly did. what happened there. So yeah. I'll listen to this stat. The Bengals are 0 and 14 when trailing any amount of points in a playoff game ever ever <laughs> so the steelers kick the field goal the go, they go three nothing they over. might as well quit they game over yeah it's like playing in overtime yeah it's it's insane and and, and last thought on the bengals before moving on to the other games is uh back to perfect again and it's just it's a, just a very fascinating story because that that guy is is a phenomenal talent at very linebacker. good, very good and, football and, player. And I can remember being particularly invested in this because the the draft that Perfect was in, I don't remember exactly what year. I think it was twenty twelve, maybe twenty twelve or twenty thirteen. It was the year that Luke Keekley got drafted. They mm-hmm. were in the same linebacker class, and I remember you know before the draft reading up on all the linebacker rankings because I was curious where Keekley was going to go. We we all wanted him to go top ten. Yeah, he ended up going nine to the Panthers, but. There was a lot of speculation that maybe some of these other linebackers that were more athletic and bigger than him, quote unquote, more athletic, you know, than him, would jump him. And I remember that Vontez Perfect was one of those guys yeah. that was speculated to be able to potentially jump Luke Keekley and be a first round pick. And Perfect went undrafted, you know, for for uh, someone that talented to be that that highly regarded as a linebacker talent wise to go undrafted speaks a lot to what you know. All thirty two teams interviewed that guy because yeah. of how talented he is. And in seven rounds of the draft, nobody took him. And here he is on the Bengals again, being super a playmaker, talented, yeah. super t- just ma- should have made the pick to end the game. Yep. If the Bengals running back doesn't fumble it away, if Hill doesn't fumble, yep. and then you know everything just always comes back, and and that's what happened with Perfect. So uh, another one done for the Bengals, uh, but goodbye very, Bengals, very goodbye. exciting game, very exciting game. Um, to the Vikings, you said you had a Vikings uh, strong Vikings point. Yeah, so everyone's freaking out on Blair Walsh for missing this kick. He should have made the kick. I'll say he should have made the kick. But I saw something that read, how can you, how is it the guy who scored every single one of his team's points? They were, they were 
They had twelve. Nah. They had twelve points. Right. Yeah. He was kicking his fifth field goal. He had, he was four for four kicking field goals up to there, and he missed the last one. And it's now all suddenly his fault. Like he, I mean, he went four for five on field goals, nine points. Yeah. Or he went three for four on field goals. Still scored all his team's points, and now it's all his fault. I mean, you yeah. have to make it in a clutch situation, but the offense also has to get the ball in the end zone. Yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree. I, I think there's certainly that's not to really to take any take the blame off of Blair Walsh. You got to make that kick. And I'm 100 percent the it's your job. Oh, yeah. Do your oh, job. Yeah, for sure. But also, it's the offensive job to get in the end zone. Yeah, and yeah, they didn't do it. Yeah, th- this is one of those where I uh, I can't put the blame solely on him. Obviously, he deserves blame, but. Um, you know, I think the coach basically, uh, Zimmer coming out and saying kind of not defending his kicker at all, just saying he's got to make it, <laughs> yep. you know, well, as, as a coach, maybe you could have put together one scoring drive, like just one, you know, yeah. one touchdown the whole game. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a team effort. Adrian Peterson has a huge fumble to get, to get the Seattle back in the game. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people that should be blamed for Minnesota's loss, yeah. but you know, having said that. Blair Walsh and, does have to make that kick. And they played so well. Like they, the Vikings they did. looked the Vikings. and I was telling you this earlier. Yeah. The Vikings are unfortunately one of those teams that's if they don't win their playoff games, they're gonna go back to being like a mediocre team in the, they won't get any media coverage. Mm-hmm. Um it's just gonna stick to like the Pats, the Steelers. Um yeah. anyone who wins two or three games, obviously they're the best teams, but yeah. the Vikings had a great team this year, mm-hmm. lost on, on a heartbreaking missed twenty seven yard field goal and will go back to being right. nobodies in the league in right. terms of um the respect yeah, they get and, and the media attention they get. Yeah, and you got to start to win those games and establish the credibility, the confidence with your quarterback and everything. The the quarterback topic is uh, one that's interesting to me. This is another fun fact that um, I heard today, which so a lot of people have made uh, some comments about the fact that all four road teams won in wildcard weekend. Mm-hmm. And so some people are jarring the conclusion that home field advantage doesn't really matter in the playoffs. So that's ridiculous, first <laughs> yeah. of all, because uh, – what you really need to look at is the stat that I, w- I heard today, which is kind of uh, very interesting. Uh, the let, Let's not look at the home and away teams, but let's look at the fact that the four winning teams, uh, 37 combined uh, starts for their quarterbacks in the playoffs, 37 combined playoff starts. The four losing teams combined going into wildcard weekend, zero starts for those really? four quarterbacks. A.J. McCarron, um, uh, Kirk Cousins, Teddy, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, and... Um, Brian Hoyer and Brian Hoyer zero yeah. starts in the playoffs among those four quarterbacks. So you're wondering, you know, what the reason is for yeah. the, home, the the road teams winning. That's the reason is that you need a quarterback in this league. And and now you look at the teams that are remaining, and it's just the seven best court, the you know the eight yeah. best quarterbacks that were on that were in the league this season. And yeah. it's it's almost cut and dry. It, minus it's kind of minus Jameis Winston. Minus Jameis Winston. Um, and and I guess you know the Broncos have had a weird quarterback situation this year, uh, for sure. But. Other than that, you know the the, the seven probably best quarterbacks. The, you know, next down the line are the seven teams after that, and yeah. it's like it's it's really a quarterback league um, for sure. That's a good um, stat, Derek. Yeah, that, that that was one I heard today. The uh, w- with the experience, it's all about the the quarterback experience, and that's mm-hmm. why these next you know the divisional round I think will be a great round of football. That's why Landry Jones came in through one pick. <laughs> Big Ben comes back in, leads him to victory. Yeah, exactly. Um, there is one thing. Uh, and so I guess we can segue in this into talking about the upcoming matchups uh, very briefly. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll start by just touching on the Patriots-Chiefs matchup since that's the one that, just I, touch that on I'm it. biased on. Um, so obviously I'm a little bit worried about the Chiefs. The Chiefs have a great defense. But there's a very interesting stat I, w- I heard again today. Uh, I, I heard, gathered a few fun facts uh, on my way home today. So we both love Alex Smith. We think Alex Smith deserves a Super Bowl. Um, I'm obviously not rooting for him against the Patriots, but – the Chiefs are a team I definitely wouldn't mind see winning. Um, if the Patriots w- were to go out, you know, the Chiefs are one of those teams that I would like to see win at some point. Um, very interesting stat on Alex Smith, though. He gets a lot of uh, heat for being a game manager and only a game manager, uh, which is, you know, that that is kind of his role. He is a bit of a game manager. Um, but this stat was a little bit, uh, you know, it took me aback a little bit. So in Alex Smith's career, uh, when his t- when the opponent scores 24 points, so 24 points isn't that much in, yeah. in an NFL game. Uh, would you try? To, would you like to try to guess Alex Smith's record in his career when his opponent scores at least 24 points? I'm going to guess it's high. Can you give me close to the total number? He's, how many games has he played? Actually, I'll just guess. 44 games is uh, sorry, 45 games when uh, have he's played when his opponent has scored at least 24 points, meaning that he's had to score yeah, 24 or more to win. You know, 
25 and 20. Three, 41 and one, which I could not believe. <laughs> Wait. When his opponent puts up more than 24 or more points, Alex Smith He's is only three, won three games. 41 and one. He's only won three games. He's only games. won three games wow. of 45. Well, their defense is spectacular. Now, now, granted, that can be exactly, and yeah. that can be misleading because when when the other team puts up big numbers, you know, th- th- it can be misleading. You can remember some playoff games when when he was on the 49ers. You know, he put up 38 against the Saints, and they lost like 41, 38. You know, yeah. so it, it's not a completely fair stat, I don't think. But it was very it's interesting. surprising. It, though, it was yeah. very surprising when I heard it. Um, so, so yeah, there's a little fun fact for you. So, and, and then of course the bo- the bias Boston sports. Uh, radio guys are saying, oh, well, there's that stat. The Patriots are obviously going to score 24 points, so what are you worried about? Like, yeah. Alex Smith can't beat you if you put up 24 points. I don't think it's as cut and dry as that, but it no. is very interesting um, side of it from, from that angle. I am interested to see, um, and the Chiefs are, or the Patriots are minus five, so they're a five-point yeah. favorite. Um, I think the Chiefs will cover the spread. I think it's going to be a very close game. Too. And I don't know. The Chiefs' defense is really good. The Ch- they're very really, good. really good. I mean, the the remaining defenses are really good, except for potentially. I mean, New England might be the worst defense left, and maybe Green Bay. Um, but other than that, it's a, it's a right. a team a, a league of stacked defenses in the playoffs. So, and like you said last yeah. week, it's defense wins championships. Yeah, defense beats the Patriots. Yeah, yeah, so, for sure. D- that's the that's the the defensive line getting pressure is the prototype to beat the Patriots, and the Patriots' offensive line is not been exactly great so far and you know as much as i'm optimistic too about the guys that are returning for the patriots you also can't expect that julian edelman's going to come back and just immediately be what he was in week eight you know when he was the the, maybe one of the most dynamic players in the league and that volmer is going to come back on the offensive line and just immediately from an ankle injury be able to protect brady like like it was mid-season again so there's certainly plenty to be worried about. I think that anybody who is just scoffing at the fact that the Chiefs are winning most of these games against uh, non-playoff teams, which out of their 11-game winning streak, I think like eight of their wins are against non-playoff teams. Mm-hmm. Again, we, we've made this argument with Clemson a few minutes ago. You can only beat who's on your schedule, and the Chiefs have won 11 straight games yeah. in the NFL. So, And after um, losing Jamal Charles. After losing Jamal Charles. so Their best, probably um, one of the best top three running backs yeah, in the league, yeah, maybe number best, one. Best playmakers for sure. Yeah. So, Especially as in the Andy Reid offense with the you know running-receiving combo. So. Mm-hmm. Either way, it's going to be very exciting. I think the whole wild card, uh, the whole divisional uh, round is going to be exciting. Uh, but that's certainly something to look forward to. I would say that is that I'm I would not write off the Chiefs right away, Pats fans. So I say write off the Patriots, <laughs> write them off, Chiefs fans. No chance. So uh, any other uh, divisional round games you have your eye on before we move um, on? Um, not really. I think the rest are kind of lame. Like Denver, <laughs> Pittsburgh, I want to see just because it's two zombies playing against each other. It's a broken arm. It's a ben Roethlisberger body. <laughs> versus a broken entire body, broken neck. Peyton Manning, um, Arizona Green Bay. I think will just be a shootout, which will be fun. Seattle, Carolina. Actually, Seattle, Carolina interest is interesting to me because I want to see. I mean, Seattle did not play well and against um, the Vikings, and the Vikings don't have a stud defense. They've got a good defense, but Carolina has a stud defense. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see Seattle try to come out and and win that game. But I think Carolina wins. Um, I, I do think this. I will say this. I think if the Patriots beat the Chiefs, they will win the Super Bowl because um, then they get their momentum. They have right, their players right. back. Tom Brady's Tom Brady, and then there's not really much stopping them besides two banged up teams. Two banged up teams, yeah. exactly. So. Um, but I, I will say, uh, I do. I think I agree that I, I at least agree the Patriots get to the Super Bowl if they beat the Chiefs. The NFC definitely has some stiff competition. I think. Any of those teams, if they get back there to face the Patriots, I think have a legitimate shot as anyone. I think the Cardinals pose a ton of you know matchup problems for the Patriots, as well as if Seattle's back there. I mean, you saw the game last year. Seattle will certainly put up a fight no matter who they're facing. So mm-hmm. uh, definitely a lot to look for. But um, we will touch on all that next weekend when we have the uh, championships uh, matchups all set. So Looking forward to it, Derek. So that concludes sports. Sports so are concluded. Everyone who hates sports, you can now start listening. Yes, welcome so. back. <laughs> welcome back, people who hate sports. Um, so second half, we have uh, our first topic, which is The Bachelor. We talked about The Bachelor we last will. week. We will. What, what a segue. What a, All the people come right back. <laughs> they come right back and warning, immediately they get warning, their favorite Bachelor, thing. <laughs> warning, Bachelor talk. Um, so, we're not, so as a disclaimer, we're not going to talk about... Uh, the episode of The Bachelor that's airing this week because we have not watched it. We're, we have our eyes on the championship game uh, and just too much to media overload if we tried to pay attention to The Bachelor as well. We have to dedicate some time to yeah. The Bachelor. Yeah, and so 
We do, and we've had we've had some discussions on this. We've had a lot of fan reaction to the Bachelor. The Bachelor is a hot topic, very hot topic. Um, maybe our hottest topic, which is kind of weird. Might be our hottest topic, which is maybe not a great reflection on us, but <laughs> um, but it is. A, it, hey, the fans want to hear about the Bachelor, so uh, we did get all of your write-ins. I think we had a few, so we had a lot. We had uh, we we should do shout-outs because we yeah. want to make sure of that everyone's you know getting their fair due. So we have Devin, mm-hmm. who is a uh, who has put her name in to be an expert, and also gets a shout-out every single. Gets week. a shout out every week, so uh, so there's that. There's Amy, there's uh, Alexa, and there's also Rich Homie Frog, who's the sole male uh, volunteer to be a bachelor expert. Mm-hmm. So there's those four, and I and you have I, th- I believe you have some experts I think, as well. Um, Erica Began and Erica Hendershot wanted to be bachelor experts. Um, every girl claims to be a bachelor expert who watches that is true. it. That's true. Um, fun fun fact: we are actually doing a bachelor league in our office so we pick the girls who are going to go home or do whatever and so there's like it's set up almost like a fantasy league where you can choose like um girl after ben or like ben before round two or like which which it's just like called ben league (laughs) it's very interesting um and so i've got obviously picked the winners because i mean i'm i'm the guy watching him pick the girls so i think (laughs) we have a better shot than the girls judging the girls from a girl perspective and i think we have a better chance the guy picking the girls from the guy yeah, perspective right so i think i might have a chance to win the go. office pool there you go i feel so um being in in these pools i think is what also can make people feel like experts as well you know i was talking to rich homie frog who who submitted his uh, request to be an expert and he is also in a pool so it's when you start looking at it with an analytic eye I oh think, yeah you know in, in a pool setting you can start to make some good conclusions. Eliminate, good the, twi- analysis, eliminate so. the twins. There's yep. twins. Yep. Come on. They're not. <laughs> he's either got to keep them both That's, or eliminate them yeah, both. And I think he's going to eliminate. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. So um, so, so there's that. And I think, uh, again, we're not going to talk much about The Bachelor, uh, what's going on in the show this Tonight, episode because yeah. we don't, we're not watching it. But we will say that we. I'm sure uh, he looks dashing. He, he, I'm, I'm sure, sure he's charming. <laughs> he probably looks great. He's saying all the right things. Yep. He's very yeah, genuine. Being super nice and way too nice. Way and, too nice. And the girls are way his, too calling crazy. his dad to update him, you know, whenever something fun happens. Yeah. So, um, but we will say that uh, us recording on Monday nights is also not the most conducive to having a big set of guests for some type of a bachelor segment because we've had a few ideas on this. And just to keep you guys updated, we're working on some ideas for how to incorporate all of our bachelor we want, guests. We want it to be one bachelor special. Yes. Yes, where basically we have multiple people on right, right. at once, um, and either do. My idea was some sort of game show. Mm-hmm. Who knows Ben the best? Yeah, which girl would win Ben's heart? Mm-hmm. Um, and your what was your idea? Something you know, we could do something like around the horn, like a sports show, like, like a that. Sports or show, you but could do a yeah, or a trivia, or like you said, or you know, something that incorporates everyone. Um, or so, if you just want to call in and gush over yeah. Ben. That that I too. Guess, I guess and, we'll and, allow and, it. And I would say, you know, this is we've never watched The Bachelor before. So also, if you have any ideas, it's true, as the experts for what would be a good uh, segment for us to do that is not just an interview, because yeah. like I said, we have I just we just named about five or six experts that have said they want to come on and talk about The Bachelor. We would like to incorporate that together, as opposed to picking an expert, you know, and leaving everyone else. We should do. The dust. Oh my gosh. We should do a, you know, we used to do spoofs or we do a spoof of something every oh, week. We, we could do a bachelor spoof. We could do a bachelor spoof. You're right. Yeah. Where the girls like do their interview like, oh my God, yeah. he didn't look maybe, me in the eye. Maybe the experts become the stars of our, of our bachelor spoof. The experts become the stars. We'll see. With a yeah, lot of ideas idea. floating around. That's an idea. Okay. So choose, choose your favorite. That's an update for you guys. Um, but of course, feel free. Go to DerekAndSteve.com. Write in your thoughts right at the bottom of the website. Write in anything and everything. Join you know, the show. Not just related to The Bachelor, but related to everything else. All questions. Um, but yes, please give us your thoughts. And we, we are continuing to work on a solution for the Bachelor uh, expert uh, special segment that we will do there. So uh, anything else on The Bachelor for you? That, that's it on The Bachelor for me. All right. Excellent. So our next topic, we will briefly do this topic. Because you're going to briefly do it because you're going to talk so, about it because you feel very strongly. About I feel, strongly it. I feel about kind it. of strongly about it. I feel but strongly I, about it. So, I love hearing you talk about it. So we so we had a fly football game as we always do this weekend and we lost. So that's that's our fault. We didn't play. We well. lost. Uh, this is in no this is in no way uh, attempting to offset the blame of that loss to other people. This was a loss on us. We didn't play very well. Um, but I will say. 
there's a new nickname for someone who we have a weekly interaction with, uh, and it's at our fly football games, and it is one of the referees, and his new nickname is Apathetic Dude Ref. So the reason oh. that that is his name is because there's one ref who's a guy and one ref who's a girl, and we have no problem with the ref who's a girl. She's at least she'll, she's nice. She'll she'll talk to you if you have a question. Um, she, ap- she's into it. She's into it. She yeah. she cares about the game. Uh, apathetic Dude Ref does not care about the game. Doesn't care about anything. Doesn't care about anything. Particularly about the, the only thing I even care if he cares about is the game, and he doesn't care about the game. So <laughs> so that's why we call him Apathetic Dude Ref. Um, touchdown right before the half i went up to him to call a timeout so that we could get a playoff you know before the, time ran before, out before time running out, and, and to give you some context it's only like a 40 yard field you know so we've connected before on on one play on touchdown full field touchdown passes because it's not a huge field so i tried to call a timeout before the half and the dude looks at me and kind of looks back at the ref and kind of wastes 15 seconds and doesn't know what i'm saying and then he literally looks at his phone and holds up the thing that says timer done and he's like oh sorry dude time's up and i knew the time wasn't up when i went to call the timeout so yep. there's that you know he, he he doesn't know the rules he was making up rules as we go he talks he, whenever you ask like you say like that you're not allowed to do that he flag guarded or something he'll make up a rule on the spot oh yeah he'll yeah. just make something up <laughs> and and talk to you like you're an idiot yeah it's very interesting yeah, yeah their quarterback was scrambling uh, in the backfield trying to avoid a sack and he dropped the ball you know in the backfield and there's no live fumbles in flight football. This is not a, you know, you don't want people getting hurt diving for balls and big piles and stuff like that. So big piles th- there's, or little piles, whatever, whatever piles will get you hurt, but <laughs> there's, there's no fumbles. So, and I knew that, I knew that was the rule. So it's a dead ball wherever the fumble happens. So I said to him, you know, the quarterback dropped it five yards in the backfield. They should have lost five yards. And he just makes up this rule that, that if the quarterback drops it in the backfield, it comes to the line of scrimmage. But if you drop it anywhere else in the field, it's it's where you drop it that the that the ball is marked. And he acts like he's quoting this rule book that he has memorized yes. and that he's he's been studying. When obviously he goes home and sits in a dark <laughs> corner because he hates everything. He hates everything. He does so. Um, <sighs> so that's apathetic dude, ref. We're not going to talk about him anymore. I'm done with um, him. But we uh, we're thinking about writing writing in some complaints at some point. But we'll see. So apathetic dude, ref, not one of our friends. Next topic. Next topic is everyone's favorite topic, the lottery. The lottery. The lottery is a big deal. It's never been a big deal. It's always been kind of a regular deal. Now it's a big deal. <laughs> billion dollar deal. Yeah. One point three billion, billion dollars. Wednesday's jackpot. No one won um last week's drawing, so it's up to one point three billion dollars. I, I don't know what like it's obviously crazy that it's this high, but the difference between eight hundred million, nine hundred million yeah. and one point three billion should not cause this influx of uh, like, oh, like I'm only going to bet on it if it's in the billions, not <laughs> yeah. in the 900 millions. Yeah. So I think it's it's good for the lottery, obviously, bad for smart people and dumb people alike because we're all putting our money into a black hole. Yeah, that's... Um, but I'm going to win. I can feel I'm going to win. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy it. Yeah, so I think uh, you're right that, that just increasing a little, I say a little bit, but proportionally from eight 900 million to 1.3 billion, Really shouldn't be the difference, um, but you're absolutely right when you say smart people and dumb people alike. In that, when, everyone's when the prize into gets this yeah. big, it's everyone's in. It doesn't matter if you think that you know that the lottery is not designed to win. It doesn't matter how smart you think you are. Everyone seems to get back in when it gets this big. So, 1.3 billion. Uh, the cash prize is now up to about 800 million, which is what the non-cash prize was at, at just a few days ago. Now, after the taxes, you're looking at about 800 million. So. That's It'll pretty be nice good, when we win. Pretty good uh, haul. We can uh, we will upgrade our equipment a little bit when we win. I think. Yeah, Get we'll it. buy our own studio. Buy our own studio. Buy our yeah. own uh, radio station. Yeah, we'll have enough money to be able to host more than three episodes at once online. Yes, It'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, um, which by the way, we're working on guys. So we'll we'll get that squared away soon. But as of right now, as I've posted on our website, we so, can only put three episodes at once. The lottery. On, so. One thumb up. So one thumb up for the lottery. Um, last topic before the final drive. Making a Murderer. So that's the Netflix show that everyone's talking about and everyone's watching. Uh, Murph came on uh, about a month ago when he when he get, did his uh, TV section for us, mm-hmm. and he previewed it a little bit. He gave some uh, some ideas on what the plot was going to be like. He he had most of it right. He had a few things a little bit off. Uh, what are your thoughts on what Making a Murderer has been so far? So disclaimer to the fans: we've watched only three episodes. So disclaimer: far. there there may be spoilers, and but we've only watched three. So yeah, the spoilers, try not to do any blatant. I'm going to try not yeah. to, but just a heads up: we've watched three episodes. So if you do get a spoiler, it's only three episodes worth of spoilers. Right. Um, so they do a very interesting because we watch we're big into that crime drama. We watched True Detective. We watched um, the Jinx. We both listened to yeah. Serial. This is the only one that is actively 
making me feel different things each episode, um, which I don't like. I'm not really allowed to form my own opinion because they they give you a blatant, obvious, oh, look, here's another piece of evidence. They found it. Oh, he must be guilty. And then 20 <laughs> minutes later, they're like, oh, wait, look how flimsy this piece of evidence is. Uh, yeah. They must be lying. They, they're telling you that. Right. Um, so it's interesting. I'm, I'm not super into it, but I kind of want to know what happens, just like all stupid crime drama things. <laughs> um, so right now, I, I have literally no idea what's going on. I have no idea who's who's involved or what's happening, yeah. but it, it's it's interesting. It's, mm-hmm. it's a good story. It's And I said this when we were watching it. It's weird, very strange how much film they yeah. have. Yeah, There's film of everything, right. um, which makes me kind of wary about the whole thing because yeah. I, I think the, the reason behind that is there were some people making a documentary of it right. while it was right. happening, but it's just very... I know it seems it, yeah. it's too realistic. Yeah. So so what I uh what I was told and I haven't verified much of this information but I was told that um it was being made uh back when he was, you know, originally in jail, you know, you know, uh, for the original crime that he ended up being uh exonerated for that he didn't do. Mm-hmm. Um that that the whoever the filmmakers were were actually filming way back, you know, when he basically first went to jail even some of the footage is from then. But then particularly when he gets out, it's like at this point they're filming everything. And then, uh, you know, I, I get, that's not really a spoiler that he gets out because that's just the first episode and setting the context. Yeah. Um, but when he gets out, and this is, you know, just a little bit of a what happens in the plot is that he gets charged with a murder. And so at that point, um, I won't give anything else away, but the I think the supposedly, you know, if, if we're if we're not being skeptical, the, the filmmakers at that point had been filming his, you know, 18 years in prison, you know, kind of following the story at that point. And now that he's being charged again, it's like, they're just they're They must just be filming everything. Yeah. Um, the other thing I heard about it is that, you know, most of the footage that you can see is not very high quality. It's not very HD. Um, and so what I was told is that the, the filmmakers actually tried to sell this for, for several years and they couldn't really get any buyers on it. Um, and then eventually Netflix, you know, bought it and kind of put their own twist on it and, made it into what it is today. So I agree with most of what you said. I think it's intriguing. I'm not like super, super blown away by it yet, but it moves a little slow. Um, there's a lot of interviews that kind of take a long time and it's basically just interviews. The it's whole, very it's, slow. It's very dialogue based as far as interviews and there's not a lot of action. There's no reenactment type of thing. You know, it's, it's kind of, it, they just, it's, it's almost like you're sitting in a court and going, going through would all you, the, would all you the recommend it? I would recommend it so far. Um, but I, I, I've heard a lot of stuff from people who've watched it that are that focuses on episodes like you know four, five, six, the uh, later half of it. So, so I can't. I have to hold judgment until I see all those. I, I will say this: um, when we watched the Jinx, I think the Jinx was six episodes. Six, ep- yeah, six, very six part. small amount of episodes. Um, I hated it until the very last episode, yeah. and the last episode blew your mind. Like yeah. it, it's now one of my favorite miniseries in a whole. Yeah, um, the first six episodes were. The first five were terrible. The sixth was unbelievable. Right. So I think this has this similar potential where they're kind of saving up for something big. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first three episodes, I'm going to give Making a Murderer 65 Steve Nicholas avocados. There you go. 65. 65%. Okay. I would probably Steve give Nicholas it, avocados. I'll give it in the low 70s, I think. I, I like it. I'm intrigued, but it certainly needs to do a lot more to be certified guac. I'll, um, I'll continue. Wa- I'll continue watching it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll certainly. watch it until it's over. Probably. Certainly. All right. Time for the final drive. Time who's for gonna final go, drive. Who's going to go first, me or you? You got it. You got it. Go. I'll go first. My topic's not as good, um, but I do feel strongly about it. Hit the music, David Bowie. Now music is playing. Um, Bucks fire Lovey Smith, the head coach. A um, lot, of, lot of feedback from the national media saying it was a bad call. I am totally on board firing Lovey Smith. I am a Bucks fan. I've had to go through... Two years with Greg Schiano, three years with Raheem Morris, and now two years with Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith probably did the best of all three. None of them did well. They're all terrible. I mean, Lovey Smith is a defensive guy, and our defense statistically got worse both years. Dirk Cotter, the reason they fired Lovey Smith, who's the offensive coordinator, will most likely be named head coach, did an unbelievable job with the offense, unbelievable job with Jameis. I think it's the right call. I mean, I'm not a a guru in terms of which coaches are the best and which is the worst but um this national media backlash like who cares lovey smith's a great person he wasn't winning us enough football games 
Um, Jameis is going to stick with Dirk. Hopefully they, they bring him back. If not, I mean, Lovey just showed no emotion. And with a young, fiery quarterback like Jameis Winston, like Jameis Winston needs energy and feeds off energy. He's got this coach who, who can't even smile or frown or speak on the <laughs> sideline. Um, it's not helping. So I, I'm happy with the decision. Um, Stephen A. Smith also hated the decision of firing Levy Smith, which makes me 100% more <laughs> confident in that move because he's an idiot. Right, exactly. Um, so I'm, I'm happy with it. I say, I mean, I love Lovey Smith. He was a great person. Don't get me wrong. He's a, he did wonders for the young players. He, he He's like a father figure, but he's not the best coach, and I want my team to win football games. I've had a bad football team for a long time, Derek. <laughs> um, so that's it. Firing, firing Lovey Smith, I'm on board. A lot of Bucks fans are also on board, so we care less what... Stephen a, Stephen a. Smith and Skip Bayless thing. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm with it too. Uh, keep changing it up till you find one that uh, is going to give fire them all. Energy. Fire them all. Fire them all. Fire them all until one of them's fired up. Yeah. All right. So my final drive uh, topic is something kind of dumb, but it's kind of cool. Like we were talking about it during the football game. So your face. Uh, it's my face. Yes. <laughs> so that's it. All right. Have a good time, guys. We'll see you next week. No. Um, the uh, new idea, new revolutionary idea that is football in 25 years worthy. Um, Field goals, right? So instead of having field goals be worth three points all the time, let's say you're down by four points, right? And you just you need you know instead of getting a touchdown, you're at the 50 yard line, or you know you're you're at the edge of field goal range, and you got a great kicker. Okay, so new option: you can now instead of just kicking a regular field goal, there will be a little target within the field goal range that you can hit for extra points if you choose to. But you have to hit the target, or else you're not going to get any of the points. So. Well, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter, but you, so you choose the target over the you three gotta, points? You have to elect to choose for oh, a, a smaller tough. target, you know, a smaller target than the uh, than the field goal. Or or the, the alternative way is that there's always a target, and if you hit it, you get an extra point. So, But the target is random, you know, randomly placed within the uprights. So it could be all the way over to the left side, and you're taking a risk if you're going to try to hit that because you might miss it, as opposed to just, you know, getting a chip shot and kicking it in. So uh, this requires a lot of new infrastructure you need a a target that could be randomly placed within the field goal uh area so that's why i said football in 25 years because it would probably be going through like a hologram or when you hit it fireworks go off fireworks go off (laughs) all all around the stadium exactly and and the kicker on his jetpack shoots right up (laughs) into the middle of the stadium and kind of spins around and does like a victory lap (laughs) so um my question for you is how often is does that happen a year does a kicker hit the actual target is it a big target or small um, target? it would be a very small target uh, it should happen on less than 10 percent of kicks it should, 10%. It should. i think it'll happen once a year maybe well yeah it's yeah all right yeah less than three percent of kicks it okay. should happen on um it should be a very small target but it's it but if you need it you get that extra point extra two points can can change this the change the course of the season for you or the playoffs so i i very i, I like the idea a lot I, I am on board it can we can work with it we can work with it it needs some it needs kickers, some work kickers get too much leeway anyway they do they do they yeah they got this whole thing to kick it through just well, let's go with a little target yeah. little target make it so. harder on them so that's all the time we have for today so uh thank you guys for listening uh r.i.p to david bowie one of the legends in the music world uh, we we can't we introed and outroed with him uh paying our respects there so Hopefully you guys enjoyed it, and hopefully you guys enjoyed the championship game last night. We'll get more Bachelor going, coming up in the future weeks now that fo- stupid football is over. Stupid, boring football. <laughs> now we can talk about The Bachelor. The Bachelor. So thank you guys very much. Episode 6 next Tuesday. We want your feedback. Please. Bye. <laughs>